Hillcrest Chapel Audio. We hope today's message will help you grow. Good morning. My name's Tim, and I get the privilege of serving on staff here and unpacking scripture with you all. We, uh, we're doing this series during the month of September. Christian kicked it off for us last week, and we're talking about kind of where we're going over the next, oh, let's say three years. Kind of what are some things that we want to focus on? And the, uh, the three things, the three words uh, were invite, include, and inspire. And I don't know just your emotional reaction to alliteration. Different people, you know, have different feelings. You know, today is brought to you by the letter I and the number three. And, uh, but uh, I want to just talk a little. That, that, that we didn't, it's not like as a pastoral staff we're sitting around and we said, what are three words that we could just talk a lot about, you know? That's not where we started at. What we actually, we, you start at the other end of things. We start with, what are the, you know, we prayed and we discussed and we read and we debated. What are the, the mission critical areas? Like, what are the things that we as a community need to lean into over this next season of ministry? And we debated and reflected and we came up with all these things. These are the things and we crossed things out. We have to focus here and not here. And eventually we kind of got to this list. These are things we really feel like we need to lead into. Um, and then we, we, as we kind of broke it into three groupings and then we gave the groupings a label. And that's really how we came up with these words. And one way you could think of it is um, in, invite, include, inspire. Like these are like the handles on suitcases, right? So here's, uh, here's the invite handle. And then there's all sorts of stuff in the invite suitcase, what that means and how we're going to unpack that. And here's, we'll say this is like the, the inspire handle. And then there's all sorts of stuff. And uh, Christian talks some about how we might, you know, encourage people to run with Holy Spirit dreams over the, uh, the next season of ministry. And that's kind of this stuff. And then today I'm going to talk about the include um, handle. And so let me just find the include suitcase here. It's a little heavier of a suitcase. You know, you just... You never know what's going to be in these suitcases. So here's the, here's the, the include suitcase. And, uh, and I'm going to talk about this one today, right? Uh, I just, you know, so uh, here you go. Uh, so let's just see what's in this include suitcase. Um, oh, here, the Hubba Hope brochure. Talks about um, in, in ways to encourage new believers, in ways to connect with newcomers, just ways to include people who are new to the community. That's good stuff there. Let's see what else is in here. Uh, we got a snorkel that goes over the center of your face. That's kind of weird. Okay, and um, oh, look at this. Patrick's in here. <laughs> oh, hey, come on. Yo, how long you been in there for? Oh, good to see you. <laughs> a small group leader is in there. Everybody give Patrick a hand. <laughs> so, <clears throat> small groups. Because one of the way, what, you know, when we talk about include, we talk about community around here. One of the biggest ways we practice that, these personal relationships, is small groups. And I can't, well, I'm out of breath. Uh, <laughs> you try and carry Patrick around for a while. Um, no, don't do that. Uh, but uh, small leaders are the key. That, like, that, it, like having great leaders who love Jesus and love people is so important, having good small groups. So I just wanted to, as we're talking about small groups this morning, I just want to start out by recognizing them. So um, we have small groups at all different levels. We have Treasure Land small groups. We have 
small groups for our middle and high school students. We have core leaders in our college ministry. But today I want to take a moment and recognize our adult, our Hillcrest adult small group leaders. So if you're one of those folks, would you stand up and stay standing for a moment so we can recognize you? All right. Love these people. Stay, stay standing. So um, I want to say to you all that I am deeply grateful to you all. A couple weeks ago, we talked about the kingdom of God and the, the hiddenness of the kingdom. And you all do hidden work. Uh, you pray for your groups. You think about how to lead well. You pursue people that, that they are having difficult times. You serve them. You prepare your home. Uh, and you do stuff on, you know, Tuesday mornings at 6.30 a.m. And, you know, Friday nights at 9 p.m. Just caring for the people of your group. I just want to say thank you to you all. This, our small group ministry just wouldn't be what it is uh, without you all. And I just want to say a word of a prayer blessing over you leaders uh, for a moment. Um, Lord Jesus, <clears throat> I thank you for these men and women who, when you've asked them, um, you've asked them to lead, you've asked them to pa- give pastoral care uh, uh, to these, these small groups at Hillcrest, that they've stepped in, they've said yes, and they, uh, they've loved and they serve. Would you... Um, even as they do this hidden kingdom work, would you not only um, have the kingdom flourish in their groups, but even in their own lives, um, would they know you better because of their service? Bless them in your name. Amen. Thank you. Give them a hand. Uh, We love our small group leaders here at Hillcrest. Uh, All right. Uh, And maybe you're here... If you're here and this whole, and you're like, Tim, okay, back up a little sec. What are small groups exactly? You're going on about this? Let me just kind of back up for a second and just, what, when I say small groups, what are we talking about? And I think we have a slide here with a real brief definition. Small groups, it's a group of 8 to 18 people who gather regularly to do life together, to follow Jesus together, and to be on mission together. It's a group of people that you say, I'm intentionally for this season, I'm going to get together every week, every two weeks. Uh, We're going to talk about life. We're going to talk about Jesus. Um, We're going to encourage one another in our walk after Jesus. Uh, Oftentimes the center of it is a couple hour kind of gathering every week or two, but it goes beyond that because your relationships are bigger than that. Um, But it's a way of, in these personal relationships, encouraging one another in your walk after Jesus. And uh, I want to, uh, with you, I want to look at this idea of small groups in Scripture for a minute. And so I'm going to open up to the story of Jesus as told by Luke. And I want to read, I'm just going to read four real uh, short Scriptures. And then talk, make some observations about how Jesus kind of organized his relationships in his life. And what that might say for us today. So you can follow along on the screen above. I'm going to read these four scriptures. Uh, First is Luke 14, verse 25. And we read, large crowds were traveling with Jesus. So apparently there's crowds of people who don't just come and listen for an hour, but they actually travel with Jesus. Uh, Going back now to Luke 10, uh, 1. After this, The Lord, that's Jesus, appointed 72 others and sent them out two by two ahead of him to every town and place where he was about to go. So there's these crowds, but now there's this this 72 that have special leadership responsibilities given to them by Jesus. Flip back uh, to Luke chapter 6, verse 12. One of those days, Jesus 
went out to a mountainside to pray and spent the night praying to God. When morning came, he called his disciples to him and chose 12 of them. So there's this larger group of disciples. Out of that 12, he chooses whom he designated apostles. So now we have 12 that he has this certain kind of this uh, apprenticeship relationship with. And then the last scripture I want to read is in chapter 9, verse 28. And we read this. About eight days after Jesus said this, he took Peter, John, and James with him and went up onto a mountainside to pray. So there's these three, Peter, James, and John, who have, they, they have this experience with Jesus on this mountainside that none of the others have the opportunity to have. And in fact, on multiple occasions, Jesus pulls these particular three aside to hear something, learn something, see something that the others don't get to hear or see. And I want to just make a couple observations, kind of those, those, we, we, those four scriptures. We see these four groupings around Jesus. The crowds, the 72, the 12, and the three. These different groupings. And the first observation I just want to make is that Jesus, he was intentional about how he cultivated relationships in his life. Right? He, he, he cultivated intentional relationships with different people and different groups at different sizes. It wasn't just all crowds. Jesus wasn't simply an acquaintance with everyone. There's this, these crowds that he was acquaintances with, but then there was another group where he was more intentional. 72, that he intentionally gave leadership responsibility. They were his advance team. But not, the, uh, not everyone then, the 72, they didn't all get to be with the 12. There's this inner 12, and these 12, Mark says, that they, um, they were called to be uh, uh, apostles so they might be with Jesus. That they, got, they, got, they had access to his life that others didn't, that they might be like him. And then even of the 12, there's this three, this three, this kind of three that got to have certain experiences, got to hear certain teachings that all these others didn't. Jesus was quite intentional. He didn't just drift, didn't just let it. He was intentional about how he cultivated relationships, not just for fun, but relationships centered on his mission and his kingdom in his life. There's this intentionality about it. So that's the first observation. The second observation is that, that not everybody was best friends with Jesus. Jesus wasn't best friends with everybody. Uh, that, that he cared for everyone, he had compassion for everyone, he loved for everyone, but he was fully human, and humanness means limitedness. That's part of being a human. Limited time, limited energy, limited attention. And as such, he made decisions about who he would intentionally be with, and that meant he wasn't going to be intentionally with other people. Not, he, there, and that there's no scripture in this book that talks about and then Jesus apologized that not everybody could be in the 12. And then, and then Jesus, feeling guilty that not everybody could be in the three up on the mountain with him. He, like, there's nothing about, like, he did not apologize. He did not, he said, I, as a limited human, these are the relationships I'm going to be intentional about. Cultivating in specific, intentional relationships centered on his mission and kingdom was part of his life. This was part of the way he lived in this world. We see, uh, we see kind of an echo of this, something similar carried into the early Jesus movement, <clears throat> the early church. In Acts 2, 46 
through and 47, we read this, describing the early followers of Jesus after his crucifixion and resurrection. We're told that every day they, that's these Jesus followers, they continued to meet together in the temple courts. The temple courts, the temple in Jerusalem, one of the largest temple complexes in the world at the time. This was a large group gathering. There were thousands of Jesus followers at this point. Every day they met in the temple courts, large group gatherings. And they broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. In their homes, these were first century urban dwellings that were by necessity, small gatherings. And so the early Jesus movement practiced large group gatherings, and then they broke this large group of thousands of Jesus followers into smaller groups that met in homes to share life around the table. We see the same, the same pattern of intentional large connections and small connections, that somehow this is part of the way of following Jesus. In our world today, I think, um, I think it's critical that we remind ourselves of these things. And, and this morning, we're leaning into this small group gathering. And, and, and especially in our world today, I think it's so important to talk about the intentional cultivation of these personal relationships where people know us and we follow Jesus together. Uh, one of the main reasons is the water... We, the cultural water we swim in drifts, pulls us gently away from relationship. So there's a, a Duke study. You may have heard about this Duke study in the past uh, where in 1985 they took, uh, they did surveys of the number of close relationships people had in their lives. And then they repeated these same surveys in 2004 uh, this is a little dated now, but I think it shows a trajectory that's important to note. That uh, between 1985 and 2004, this Duke University study showed that in the U.S., for U.S. adults, the number of people that, uh, that someone said, these are people that I can talk about important matters in my life with. The number of people that, that somebody said, these are people I can talk about important matters in my life with, dropped by a third. That is a, thir- a 33% reduction in the number of people who you talk about important matters in their life with. The number of that group, the number of people who said they had zero, the number of people who said they have no one they can talk about important matters in their life with, doubled to 25% of the population. One in four adults in the U.S. said there is no one in my life that I could talk about Important matters with. For whatever reason, the water, the cultural societal water we seem to be swimming in floats towards isolation. And I think it's critical, it's critical that, w- that to, as kingdom people to swim upstream and to help others swim upstream. To say, we're going to be intentional about cultivating personal relationships that we follow after Jesus together with. Both for ourselves, and we also are going to make space in our lives to be, help others swim upstream. We're gonna, this is an intentional choice. Small groups is one way we do that here at Hillcrest Chapel. 
And, and I do, and I, you know, I say that, I also want to recognize this other idea that I think for, I think for a lot of us, we simply need to be reminded of the, the, the critical importance of cultivating these intentional relationships. I think there probably are some of us that need that second observation, the second idea, that we need the freedom, that maybe the, those who are a little over-responsible amongst us, the freedom to say, but we don't have to be best friends with everybody. That it's not, it's not your job to, be, to, to meet the relational needs of everyone. And I think it's, for some of us, we need to hear that word. That Jesus, he, he, he cultivated these intentional relationships, but it wasn't, he, not everybody was in that inner three, and that was okay. And so for some of us, we need the freedom to hear that word as well. But we have this calling, I think, to cultivate these intentional relationships, and these intentional relationships centered on Jesus. Centered on Jesus. That it's not... Uh, the, 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 the experience of loneliness in our society it breaks our heart and it breaks Christ's heart. But our cultivation of relationships is, is not merely to meet loneliness needs, right? That m- meeting the needs for a relationship, and that is a byproduct because the center of it is having people we follow after Jesus with. That's the center of it, is having others that we follow after Jesus together with and a, and a wonderful byproduct of living that kingdom life is that we have these relational needs met in our life. So um, C.S. Lewis says it this way, and I think this is, he talks about the church, I think it's true for small groups. He says in the same way, the church exists for nothing else but to draw men and women into Christ. To make them little Christs. If they are not doing that, all the cathedrals, clergy, missions, sermons, even the Bible itself, and I would say small groups, are simply a waste of time. God became man for no other purpose. It is even doubtful, you know, whether the whole universe was created for any other purpose. To draw people to Jesus and help them become like Jesus. This is the heartbeat of when we talk about small groups ministry, these intentional relationships, these intentional personal relationships of 8 to 18 people. The, the, the heartbeat of it is to help draw people to Jesus and help them become like Jesus. And, I, and this morning, I would, want you to hear, uh, I would want you to hear me say this, that this is just, this is like critical to how we live out the Jesus life together here at Hillcrest Chapel. This is, we do not desire to be a church with kind of a side small group ministry attached onto it. We desire to be a church made up of small groups, like cells in a body. This isn't just an adult, like I mentioned before, Treasureland. The way Treasureland, our ministry for kids fifth grade and under, the way it structures itself is around small groups. 412, our ministry for middle and high school students, the way it structures itself is around small groups. Uh, uh, UCM, our University of Christian Ministries, at all the different campuses, the way it structures itself is around small groups. They call them cores. And adult ministries here at Hillcrest, the way we structure ourselves is around small groups because we think to to follow Jesus, we need both large group gatherings and small group gatherings that we can live out this kingdom life together. Every single pastoral staff person at Hillcrest Chapel is in a small group. Not because no no one said you have to be in one as part of your job. We all just do it because it's like, well, this is how you, this is how you fall after Jesus. You do it with other people. Like, I wouldn't try and do it by myself. 
It'd be, you do it with other people. That's how you follow after Jesus. You do it with other people. And, I, I, and it's not, this is not, it. Jesus came to give us abundant life. He knows the best way of living. It doesn't mean that it's always easy, but it does mean it's always the best. And when he invites us into these kinds of relationships, he does it because he knows this is the best. This is life to the fullest. And I want you to have that. Uh, and yeah, that's, that's what we're doing. So uh, I've talked for a bit now. I want you to hear the story of someone in who's experienced a Hillcrest small group. Uh, and so I want to invite up uh, Kunbi, where I know you're in here somewhere. Oh, there you are. You want to come up and join me up here? Uh, give her a hand as she comes up here. <clears throat> Here you go. Thank you again so much for being willing to share your Thank story you. this morning. Do you want to introduce yourself to everybody? Hello, everybody. My name is Kumbi. Everybody say hi, Kumbi. <laughs> All right. So, Kumbi, you were telling me just about, and I appreciate your, just your honesty about this, but you were telling me about your experience this past Easter and where your heart was at. Do you want to share that uh, with everybody here? Yes. Uh, so last Easter... Uh, I had just moved back to Bellingham from Texas, and uh, I was trying to find a church, and I was attending a church, a larger church, and I remember um, going to church that Easter, and um, there was no room for me, literally. Just physically. Physically. I, I went to church, and, you know, they were like, oh, we're sorry, um, the congregation is too full, and you can go sit, like, on the side, and I remember just like, my heart just breaking, like, I really wanted to be a part of a community, and um, I just, I, 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 like, I remember, like, telling the person almost in tears, like, you have to have space for me, I am one person, there has to be one seat for me, and I remember in the service, just looking around, and there were a sea of people, and I felt so alone, I felt mm-hmm. like I didn't belong, um, and I remember just crying out to God at that point, and I, you know, said the desire of my heart was to find a community of friends, of faith where I could just belong and where I could grow um, and develop relationships uh, that, you know, make my heart sing with, you know, a beautiful melody. um, And yeah, that was where I was at that point. And so you, you're, you have this, this prayer that's really a cry. You're crying out to God like, God, I desire this. And it sounded, you were saying it didn't take long for God to start speaking back to you, answering that. Absolutely yeah. not. The very, next, uh, the very next Monday, I was at work, and, uh, at work uh, and we're having an event. I work at Whatcom Community College, and CCF was serving pancakes and my students were serving ice cream, so we were serving pancakes and ice cream. Oh, sounds great already. Yeah, all right. <laughs> to welcome them back, and um, I just I didn't know, and I didn't know any of the people who were working there. I was just kind of doing my job, and I remember running into Joey Kelly, yeah. and I was like, "Hey, like you know, could you like take Tally Max of the people who are coming?" And then I started just talking and chatting with him, and then. He was like, oh, you went to Western? Like, I went to Western. We went to Western at the same time. Do you know Jeff? Do you know Kristen? Yeah. And, um, and we just started talking. And, you know, um, I developed a relationship with them and um, started hanging out with them, just saying hi on campus. 
and they invited me to church, and I remember sitting down with Kristen Harris and just talking to her and telling her my story, and she connected me with Jeff, and Jeff was like, yeah, like, come to our small group, and it's going to be awesome, like, we don't know you, but, you know, we have food, and, you know, it's really great. That's cool. It was wonderful. So that's Easter, and then kind of through the springtime, and then uh, you had a birthday this summer. You got to tell the birthday story. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, It was my golden birthday, and I must say, I grew up as the only child, so I kind of have an inflated sense of self about my birthday. But you got to celebrate the birthday well. you got to celebrate it. Yeah, yeah it's my day. It's yeah. only my day. Um, and it happened to fall on when the small group, our small group meeting yeah. was. And, you know, I sent them, I sent Jeff an, uh, an email in our email chain. And I just said, hey, you know, it's my birthday. And I know we're all, like, we have a small group meeting. But, you know, I'll really like it if you know, you would come, and at this point, I didn't really have a lot of close friends in my life, and mm. I just kind of invited everybody, because I wanted people to be yeah. there and celebrate yeah. with me, and yeah, and everybody was like, yeah, it's your birthday, it's your golden birthday, like, yeah. we're gonna be there, yeah, we're gonna yeah, hang yeah, out, and, yeah. Oh, yeah. I love it, <laughs> yeah, and we just ended up having just such a wonderful time um, in community, and it's, it, I mean, it was really the embodiment of God's love, uh, um, I think, in my, in my life. Cool. So, yeah. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story, Kumi. Can we give Kumi a hand? Yeah. <laughs> Who wants more of those kind of stories? Yeah. Don't we? I mean, to, I, just appre- I just appreciate you sharing that, but that image of just symbolically of physically not being able to fit in and then, um, and then this other image of, of new friends in Jesus saying, let's celebrate your birthday. We love it. And uh, I just, we, we desire that, we desire that uh, for people to experience it, to be in these intentional relationships centered on Jesus. Uh, I want to give us an opportunity to respond uh, now this morning. Could I have the ushers uh, come forward and help me pass a few things out? So we've got a few things that I want to put in your hand, opportunities to respond, and I thought I had examples. One of them is this uh, small group catalog, and we're going to pass these around. You have, there's a couple of things you can take. One, if, if you're not in a small group, and you're, um, I would encourage you to take one of these small group catalogs this morning. Uh, and if you are in a small group, I'd in- encourage you to take uh, one of these or multiple of these thank you cards. And <clears throat> the small group catalogs are, well, just so you know what to take, these are to explore what groups are available at Hillcrest. And these, I'm going to encourage us, uh, for those of us who are in groups, to thank those who lead in our groups. And so uh, these are thank yous. You can take uh, multiple, one, two, three if you want. And then these are to explore what groups are available. But we're, I'm going to actually give you time this morning. And if you are not in a group, I'd encourage you to take time and look through this catalog. And my question for you is, is there a group you would be willing to try this fall? Not for eternity, not even for the whole, just for the fall. Is there a group you'd be willing to try this fall? We have phenomenal groups in here. And the, what you would do is look through them. If you find one that you'd be like, or two that you'd like, I try those out. You can go to the back. You can write your information on the card in the back. 
You can tear it off and you can put it um, after the message. We're going to take an offering. You put it in the offering bag. Or after uh, worship time ends this morning, in the lobby, there's going to be people at the small group table. You can give it to them or they can help you find a group. If you're stuck, I'm not sure which one to try. They can help you find a group. And for others of us who are in a group and you're like, Tim, I'm not looking for a group. I would encourage us, take, take these, um, these are thank you cards, and I would encourage you to thank, who, just this question of, who do you want to thank? Who has been leading your group? Maybe who's led one of your groups in the past that you think, man, they have, they've prepared, they've opened their home, they've, thought, they've prayed for me, they've, they've brought great questions and led me in the study of scripture and helped me see Jesus better. I want to say thank you to them. Who do, you have, who do you owe gratitude to? It, would be, it could be a current leader. It could be a leader um, from past years. But if you've had small group experiences in your life, whether current or past, my guess is all of us have people that we... That I want to say thank you to that person. I would love just to see gratitude pour out throughout our community this week. And you can write who it's from too. You can hand it to them in person. You can, uh, you can mail it to them if you want to do that. If you don't know how to get it to them, get it to me. I'll, I'll figure out a way to get it to them. But let's, uh, let's thank um, those leaders in our life. In a, in a moment, the band's going to come up and we'll give you some time to work on those. But I, I want to say this, uh, just kind of <clears throat> as we conclude here. You know, when I think about uh, small group experiences in my own life, a number of years ago, here at Hillcrest, and this is, this is a number of years ago now, um, we went through, as a church, a very difficult time. It was a time of conflict um, here at Hillcrest. And uh, it's, if you're new, you weren't, if you weren't here then, um, it's not something we hide. If you have a question, I'll tell you about it. It's not some secret thing or anything like that. And I'm thankful we are in a flourishing season now. I'm thankful for that. But the reality was, as a, as a person on staff at that time, as somebody in a leadership position, just one of the natural challenges of being in a leadership position, especially at a, at a time like that, is there's this real tension between um, where, and this is both for my, myself and my wife, Christy, where are we just raw? Where are we just kind of pouring out, this is where we're at this week? And then a tension between that and this is what it requires to lead right now. And it's, it's a natural part of leadership. It's, it's just, it's, it's, it's a thing that exists. And we were in a small group. And that, um, that small group for us was a place that we could be ourselves and be just totally safe. And we needed it. Uh, we needed it. And uh, for those folks uh, who are in our group, we are just grateful to them for their friendship and the way they supported us and prayed for us and stood by us. Um, and it's just good for our heart. And we felt cared about. We felt loved. They were, they were Christ to us. Kunbi used this phrase, embodying Christ's love. They embodied Christ's love to us in that season. And, and I would want you to know this. That when, you know, when I encourage, hey, if you're not in a group, would you think about joining a group? Like, my heart is not, hey, let's get a bunch of people in our, you know, organization. Or my, like, my heart of hearts is that every person in this room has friendships like that. Has Jesus-centered friendships. People who can be Christ to you. People that you can embody the Christ of love in. I, I want us to have these kind of 
uh, Jesus-centered, life-to-the-full relationships. And it takes time, it takes getting to know one another, and it may take diff- trying different groups out, but at the end of the day, that's my heart for us. So uh, let me pray now, and the band's going to come up, uh, the worship team, they're going to play some music and just give you a chance to look if there's a group that you might want to try out and to think about who you would like to thank. Jesus, uh, Jesus, you see, Lord, um, you see every one of us as individuals. You see the experiences we've had in, in small groups and um, in the past, these, these circles of friendships around you, and you, you see the way you've met us in those places, and um, Lord, even this morning, would you help us to see our own lives and to see how they're not just human relationships, but how you yourself have been reaching out and caring for us through these uh, groups of people centered on you. And Lord, um, for those who are in groups and maybe it's, uh, it's hard right now or they're, they're, they're hoping for more for their groups or maybe leaders that have questions, I just pray that you encourage us in those things, that, it, that you lived in, in, in groups like this and that you would encourage us in that walk. And Lord, I pray particularly uh, for anybody in the room that their cry of their heart is, is similar to what Kumbi cried um, last springtime of just, Jesus, I want people to share life with and I'm having trouble finding them. Uh, Jesus, I, I, I would just ask that you answer those prayers. I, uh, help us, Lord. Help us answer those prayers. Lord, you, you desire to set people in families, set the lonely in families, spiritual families. And I pray that you do that. Even this fall, that you help put people, find, help them find their place. We know that you work through these, just the nitty-gritty of these human relationships. And so we commit them into your hands. And we pray this all in your good name. Amen. Thanks for connecting with Hillcrest Chapel. For more info on this and other sermons, go online to hillcrestchapel.com or visit us at 1400 Larrabee Ave in Bellingham, Washington any Sunday morning, 9 or 11 a.m.